today on the show, a bonus episode this week looking at the recent history of quarterback fifth-year options and where in the scale Tua Valoa fits. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going on, Dolphins fans, Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. It is our bonus episode for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. Surprise, another episode today of the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first and potentially your second listen of the day as we are continuing on with our 2023 Miami Dolphins offseason blueprint series here on the show. Wanted to make sure we didn't fall behind on some of the other talking points that are happening across the league, which is why you're getting two shows today. This one dedicated to recent history of the fifth-year option, how the 2020 collective bargaining agreement changed the dynamics for quarterback contracts and fifth-year options across the league, and where Tua Tungvaloa stacks up, and a look at how those other choices went for other teams. It's going to be a great show here for you all. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here on the show. Appreciate you guys checking out Locked on Dolphins. So let's dive in. History, recent history, I should say, of the fifth-year option. Fifth-year options for first-round picks have been a thing for forever. But when the 2020 collective bargaining agreement came and went, it made fifth-year option totals fully guaranteed, and it also introduced a very strategic shift in fifth-year option totals. This was no longer just a flat rate number. Uh, Fifth-year options as they currently stand, they're scaled across four different levels of achievements for NFL players through their first three seasons in the NFL. So that's your base rate, your playing time rate, your level three rate is singular Pro Bowl, uh, and your level four rate is multiple Pro Bowls. And it scales up towards the franchise tag total uh, for each step up along the way that you get. Now, quarterback to a Tungvaloa was not an original Pro Bowl selection in any of his three seasons in the NFL, but he did meet the playing time threshold. So he's a tier two fifth year option for the Dolphins. And that's why the decision that the team will make between now and the beginning of May is a $23 million decision in fully guaranteed salary for the 2024 season and the debate did the Dolphins pick it up do they not pick it up do they go the Daniel Jones route and hope that you don't get Daniel Jones like Daniel Jones just Daniel Jones the New York Giants to the tune of a four-year 160 million dollar contract with 82 million dollars guaranteed at signing it's a big contract and of course the Daniel Jones thing is the thing that's on the front of everybody's minds because it's the thing that happened most recently when the collective bargaining agreement came into play in 2020 and this was a new thing that was added there have been seven quarterbacks that have been subjected, or there have been eight quarterbacks that have been selected in the first round of drafts that have been eligible to have this decision made. Now, not all of those players made it to the end of their rookie deals. For example, Josh Rosen was cut by the Dolphins in 2020 and was not claimed, which means his rookie contract expired. And that was it. There's no fifth-year option after that anymore. He signed with the Tampa Bay practice squad and then went on to play for like three other teams in short spurts. So you have to play out the full length of that rookie contract. But we now have two quarterback classes worth of recent history, the 2018 class and the 2019 class, to apply logic to for the tiered system 
of fifth-year options in recent history. So what we're going to do here today on the show is we're going to look at the recent history of fifth-year option quarterbacks under the current uh, collective bargaining agreement strategy. Now, there are uh, eight examples of players who were drafted in the first round of 18 and 19. There, Baker Mayfield was drafted number one overall in 2018. Sam Darnold, who was drafted number three overall in 2018. Josh Allen, who was drafted seven overall in 18. Josh Rosen, who was drafted 10 overall in 18. Lamar Jackson, drafted 32nd overall by the Baltimore Ravens. And then in 2019, you had Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins. Now, Dwayne Haskins, uh, we, we won't be including him in any of the discussions moving on. He tragically passed away last summer. So... We want to acknowledge Dwayne Haskins and his accolades as a player who went on to be a top 20 draft selection in the NFL, but there's obviously much more severe um, outcomes with his individual story than a fifth-year option. So I, I want to tip the cap to Dwayne for getting drafted in the first round and, and all of the life work that took to get there, uh, but we won't be including Dwayne in this exploration uh, because of his untimely passing on what was a really unfortunate accident and a really sad situation. So of the other seven quarterbacks, Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen, Jackson, Murray, and Jones, five of them had their fifth-year options picked up. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. And that's a really interesting group, and I think that the two uh, who didn't, Josh Rosen and Daniel Jones, uh, very different kinds of outcomes. And that's why I wanted to do this exercise and look at all of these players, because you're going to see themes and parallels and overlaps with Daniel Jones and Tua Tungvaloa and Baker Mayfield and Tua Tungvaloa. And, and quite frankly, and the leap that he took in year three is probably most parallel to, to Josh Allen's individual career pathway. So, wanted to look at all of these individually and the pathways that they took and, and kind of find where the parallels fall for the Dolphins into a tongue of a low. And that's the objective of what we are looking to do here on the show. So let's go ahead and start with quarterback Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns. He was drafted number one overall in 2018. His fifth year option was exercised by the Browns on April 24th, 2021. The Browns proceeded to implode despite the fact that he um, his rookie season was good. And then he had the Freddie Kitchens year in which he fell off. And then the third year was kind of an upswing year back again with Kevin Stefanski. They won a playoff game, won 11 games, and then they imploded in 2021. Uh, they lost three of their final four games. They benched Mayfield at the end of the year. They, he was dealing with injuries, playing with a ton of injuries. They were content to roll him out there anyway. Uh, he finished eight, the team finished eight and nine, and they were 20th in scoring. But it is important to note that they exercised the fifth year option on the heels of the upswing year in his third year. The Browns spent the entire buildup to the draft in 2022 trying to trade Baker Mayfield, and Carolina serving as the primary bidder. Browns ultimately traded for Deshaun Watson, cut their own leverage out from underneath their knees. Uh, draft came and went for uh, the Cleveland Browns without trading Baker Mayfield. They reportedly had a deal in place with the 
Carolina Panthers, but the sticking point was the financials of the fifth-year option, an 18.8 fully guaranteed dollar amount when Carolina already had a fifth-year option quarterback and Sam Darnold on the roster. More about Sam here in just a second. Uh, it created a very difficult roadblock, and, and Baker was not traded until July. Uh, and the, the Browns opted to eat $10.5 million of his fully guaranteed salary in order to move Baker to Carolina for 2024, so two years in advance, conditional fifth-round pick. Now, th this is a bad outcome, right? You, on an upswing year, bet on the quarterback. He got hurt but played through it and played bad and was a distraction to the team to the point where after year four, your coach was like, I'm ready to move on. We got to move on. You acquired Deshaun Watson wanting less distractions at quarterback, I guess. And then you have to trade a conditional five two years in advance and eat more than half the money. That is probably the most steep alternative pendulum swing than Daniel Jones, where you decline the option, the player plays well, and Daniel Jones did play well last year. You know, there's a lot of Danny Dimes jokes and all that stuff, and that's fine. But he did play well last year. Well, the numbers weren't crazy. He had nothing to work with. I'm sympathetic to that. But everybody's front of mind is Daniel Jones and how the Giants cost themselves $17 million a year. The alternative is you could cost yourself $10 million a year just to get a future day three draft pick just to get a player off the roster. And I'm not saying that's the fate of Tua Tagovailoa, but we have to acknowledge all of the recent outcomes. We're talking about Sam Darnold next, and I already, already mentioned him, but before we do, before we continue any further on the show, I have to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and everything in between. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we acknowledge Baker Mayfield, the tragedy of Baker Mayfield, if you will. How about the tragedy of Sam Darnold? Uh, the Carolina Panthers just decided to continue to fall into this hole, huh? Uh, Darnold was picked third overall by the New York Jets. Traded to the Carolina Panthers ahead of the 2021 draft on April 5th of 2021. And the Panthers promptly, before the end of the month, at the end of April in 2021, after trading for Sam Darnold, trading a current year six and then a future year two and four, exercised his fifth-year option without ever seeing him play a snap for the team. Darnold was a catastrophe. He went four and seven, a seven to 13 touchdown interception ratio, went on IR for a month with a shoulder injury with a fractured scapula, Panthers spent the following offseason looking for a quarterback upgrade while saddled with the spontaneous decision that they made to exercise Darnold's fifth-year option. Now, they painted themselves in that corner because they traded a two, a four, and a six for Sam Darnold. And you have a club option for a player that you're going to send three draft picks for. You probably got to exercise the option. I don't see too many parallels with this one because Sam flamed out in New York. 
His second year was his best year. His third year was a disaster. The team traded him away. And then the team that traded for him, in more part because of the capital that they sent to get him, exercised the fifth-year option. But think about this. The Panthers got the Browns to eat all but $8.3 million of Baker Mayfield salary. So then they traded a future conditional five and then had the two, four, and six that was invested in Sam Darnold and that $18.8 and $18. million fifth-year option in their quarterback room at the same time. You're talking $26, 27000000 million in, in fully guaranteed money on a one-year salary for Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. A cautionary tale, especially about exercising fully guaranteed nearly $20 million options for a player that you did not see take any snaps for your team. Now, that's not the shoes the Dolphins are in with Tua Tonga-Maloa, so that, that doesn't carry too much weight relative to at least, I think, the Baker Mayfield. They exercised the option on an upswing year. You almost have to make more of the decision. Are you willing to make a three-plus-year investment in Tua Tonga-Maloa now? And if you are, then the question becomes, okay, do you be proactive with the market? And when I think about being proactive with the market, I think about the Bills and Josh Allen. The number seven overall pick in the 2018 NFL draft. His fifth-year option was exercised on May 3rd, 2021 at $23.01 million. So he was a higher tier than both Mayfield and Darnold. Sidebar, by the way, everybody who's watching on YouTube, look at me. Sidebar. Anybody who's freaking out that the Dolphins on March 8th or March 9th hasn't exercised the fifth-year option on two and think that that means something, please calm down. Every single fifth-year option at the quarterback position we're going to go through was exercised within the last week of April and the first week of May. Deadlines spur action in the NFL. And there's no reason. What happens if a team spontaneously calls the Dolphins and says, hey, couldn't help but notice you haven't made that decision yet with Tua. Our own quarterback situation is kind of nuclear. Would you take two ones for him? And then we'll we'll make the fifth-year option, and, and we got a little bit more calf lately. Like, you, you don't want to preemptively make decisions before you have to and have an opportunity cost of not having the phone ring for an opportunity that would otherwise be there if the quarterback's contract situation was different. And that's a very, very baseline and probably not perfectly applicable scenario or, or analogy to make. But let's take the wall. Baker Mayfield, April 24th. Sam Darnold, the last weekend, they traded for him on, the Panthers traded for him on April 5th, and they, they exercised a fifth-year option during the NFL draft of 2021, end of April. Josh Allen, May 3rd, 2021. Josh Rosen, it's not applicable. He got cut. Kyler Murray, who went on to get a $230 million contract extension, had his fifth-year option exercised on April 27, 2022. It's normal. So please, we're going to continue talking about Josh Allen, but please don't lose your mind that the Dolphins haven't exercised the fifth-year option on Tua Tungvaloa on March 9th. It's not applicable. It is genuinely not. Bills extended Josh Allen three months after exercising his fifth-year option in August, a deal worth $258 million 
150 million in guarantees. Allen played out the final two years of his rookie contract in 2021 and 2022. And this year will be the first new year of that contract extension. Why is that important? Because you you talk about quarterback contracts and extensions. It's not overwriting the, the deal that exists. It's adding to the back end. So Josh Allen, after signing a $258 million contract with $150 million in guarantees, his year four salary cap hit was $10.2 million. His year five salary cap hit was $16.3 million. And they could get out of that deal with three years remaining and just $8.47 million in dead cap. So this was a well-structured contract by the Bills. They put a lot of roster bonuses on the back end, so it's not fully guaranteed salary. So you can be on the roster, you're going to get the guarantees. You can restructure that if you need to, to kick it down the, the road and, and restructure the contract as necessary. But you give the signing bonus going into year four, which means there's a marginal increase in year four and year five of the rookie deal. But then your prorated money for whatever your mega signing bonus is, is really spread out across those final two years that that player would be under contract anyway. And then the first three years of the new deal. The Bills did well with that. And I don't know that the Dolphins are going to find themselves in a position to extend to a tongue of Aloha before the start of the 2023 season. But if you have the conviction to double slash triple down on the player, and it would be the ultimate, you know, and I would assume the Dolphins, if they did anything, would have to have more offset language as far as protecting themselves from injury guarantees. But you can kind of see the appeal of taking a marginal bump in the final two years of the rookie contract that is already existing, putting all the years on the, on the back end and not overwriting the years that exist, so not re- effectively restructuring the deal, but adding to the back of the deal, and then prorating out the guaranteed money across the end of the rookie contract and the beginning of the new contract to give yourself more flexibility at the midway point of that new deal. So the Bills did with Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen took the big leap in year three. So did Tua Tungvaloa. The difference was Josh Allen didn't get hurt, and Tua Tungvaloa did. You know what? I'd be willing to bet if Tua Tungvaloa didn't deal with the injuries that he did this season, he'd be getting a contract extension, and he'd probably be getting it before Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow because you'd want to get out in front of that. You'd want to set that market. Now, that's not the world we live in, so we don't know that that's going to happen. But as I have processed everything as it pertains to fifth-year options and the Dolphins' decision that they have to make, especially the transgressions of the Derek Carr contract, the Daniel Jones contract, um, there's a little bit of something to be mindful of when considering these fifth-year options, how they will change, what the franchise tag looks like, how that will change, uh, because it, it takes into account a strike zone of X through Z top players of the salary at that position. You're seeing a further and further increase of upper class quarterback salaries, which means these cap hits are going to accelerate or these, these tag totals are going to accelerate rather quickly. The pendulum swings both ways though. And sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. And in the case of one, Joshua Lippincott Rosen. I believe that is his middle name. Uh, The Bear got Josh. And I don't mean the Chicago Bears. 
<laughs> Rosen was the 10th overall pick in 2018. Started 13 games for the Cardinals. They finished with the league's worst record. They got the number one overall pick. The Cardinals proceeded to draft Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick of the following NFL draft. Rosen was traded to the Dolphins. Rosen started a handful of games in 2019 for Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. 2019. Was waived on September 5th, 2020. Miami looking to find a trade partner. They had Tua Tungvaloa and they had Ryan Fitzpatrick under contract in the quarterback room. Rosen cleared waivers, signed with the Bucks practice squad on September 8th, 2020. The moment he cleared waivers and 24 hours came and went from the time his cut was announced to a time in which no team offered to pick up the remainder of his rookie contract, the, the, the fifth-year option was done. It was done, and it was not coming back. So Josh Rosen did not get the chance to exercise a fifth-year option because he didn't make it to the end of that rookie contract. Now, Lamar Jackson is a fascinating case study because his is still playing out before our very eyes several years after the Ravens had to make a decision with his fifth-year option. He was the number 32 overall pick the Ravens traded up to draft him in 2018. His fifth-year option was exercised for $23 million on April 30th, 2021. Close to two-year anniversary of his, his fifth-year option being exercised. He played the full 2022 season on that fifth-year option. No contract has been agreed to. He received a non-exclusive franchise tag on March 7th, 2023. He's reportedly pursuing a fully guaranteed contract while also pursuing it without an NFL agent serving as his representation. And if he plays this year on the non-exclusive franchise tag for Baltimore, he's scheduled to receive $32.4 million in compensation in 2023. Ravens made out pretty good, all things considered, especially if he's back this year. The non-exclusive franchise tag is a good play by the Ravens. It's a good strategy. Um, I can see something like this playing out for the Dolphins. If Tua continues to play well, but continues to leave just a little bit of seed of doubt in the back of your head long-term, and you, you want to play it year by year, this is a feasible path for the Dolphins. Play the fifth-year option year. Non-exclusive tag is less of a higher number. Uh, it's a little bit less imposing. And then, of course, you have the opportunity to let that player negotiate with other teams across the league. And then you have a chance to match whatever offers put in place. Quite frankly, this, this being a route that if the Dolphins, if Tua continues to miss three, four, five games a season, but plays like he did in 2022, I wouldn't be mad if this was a path that the Dolphins took. Because at the end of the day, if you, if you trade that player, that salary goes with if the demand is there. And if it's not there, then you lock yourself in with a non-exclusive franchise tag on two first-round picks as compensation. It's not a bad ROI either. Now, some quarterbacks net three first-round picks. I don't know how much of a world you're going to live in where you're going to continue to see that, um, especially with the way some of these trades turned out early for the teams that did them. But this is, this is a potential look. While we look at say, Baker Mayfield and we say, well, that's the risk of exercising the fifth-year option and it not going well. 
And you look at Josh Allen, you say, well, that's the advantage of setting the market early and moving early is you have exponential flexibility on the back end of the deal. I think Lamar Jackson is the one that makes the interesting look into the future. You know, because we'll do Kyler Murray next, and then we'll do Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones, if Baker Mayfield's on this side of the pendulum, as this is a, an outcome that you could be concerned about, about exercising the fifth-year option and getting stuck with the player, then Daniel Jones becomes the, this is the you decline the fifth-year option, the player plays well, and suddenly you got to pay him twice as much as what you thought you were going to have to, uh, worst-case scenario on the pendulum as well. So like it's a spectrum of outcomes, right? And if you thread it right down the middle, you gave your player a perfect contract extension at good market value at that current point of time, early in their, their development, and it allowed you uh, to try to maximize your deal and then have optimal flexibility on the back end. That would be how the Bills handled Josh Allen. But if you need the year-by-year flexibility, instead of handling like Josh Allen, handling it like Lamar Jackson from a team perspective, now it sucks for the players, right? But that's the current rules of the CBA that are currently in place, and that, that kind of is what it is. If it's available to a team's perspective, expect them to use it, really. The Lamar Jackson pathway is one that I could see being a feasible outcome for the Dolphins. How about Kyler Murray? Drafted number one overall by the Cardinals in 2019. Fifth-year option was exercised on April 27, 2022 for $29.7 million. Three months later, just like Josh Allen, received a mega contract extension uh, worth $230.5 million across five new seasons. Like the Bills did with Josh Allen, the Kyler Murray contract was structured in which you took guaranteed money and you prorated it out across the final two years of his rookie contract, and then you added the new five years on the back end of that, so he effectively had a seven-year contract. The Cardinals, uh, they have a little bit less flexibility because there was one less year on the deal than the Bills did, um, but they can get out in 2027 with two years or two of the new remaining five years left on the contract at $7.2 million in dead cap. Same strategy a player who didn't go on to become a top two quarterback in the NFL, top three quarterback in the NFL. Um, but a pathway that follows the exact same play out of the playbook that the Bills did. And this is another potential outcome to consider because if the Dolphins were to be assertive and aggressive and, and give market value on a Tua Tonga Valoa contract extension, that's probably along the lines of what it's going to look like. Now, what happens if Tua gets hurt again? Because guess what? Kyler Murray got hurt. And Kyler Murray's probably, he missed the end of this season, and he's probably not going to be ready for the first half of next season. Kind of sucks the wind out of your sails. Creates some questions. Do the Cardinals take a, a massive dead cap penalty, probably one would, that would be bigger than any in the history of the league. I think the Carson Wentz contract or the Jared Goff contract was the previous record setter. It was like $32 million in dead cap. I mean, Tom Brady's currently scheduled for, for 35 for, in, for void money. You don't know. But that's, that's the risk of trying to thread the needle and flying too close to the sun 
like the Bills did with Josh Allen and getting it right, if you make that decision but you get it wrong, it can look really sour really quick. And you don't have a lot of options to get out. You kind of know the next three years are just going to be whatever they're going to be and and whatever he's available to us to be is what it's going to look like. And then there's Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones, sixth overall pick in 2019. Fifth-year option was declined by the team in 2022. Received a contract extension this past week. Four years, $160 million, $82 million guaranteed at signing. Effectively locks him in at a minimum across the next two seasons. The downside is he's now tied for seventh in the NFL for an average annual average of $40 million per season amongst all quarterbacks under contract. Daniel Jones is a top eight quarterback contract in the NFL from an annual average salary perspective, two years fully guaranteed at sign. When you consider that franchise or that, that fifth year option was about $23 million, that's kind of where your eyes pop out. You think about the difference of, of what it would have cost to do the fifth year option and then have the extra year of clarity. Now, I didn't blame the Giants at the time for not exercising the fifth year option. And when we started this offseason process, I don't think I would have blamed the Dolphins for not exercising the fifth year option. But as the spending has increased at the quarterback position, thanks in part to players like Daniel Jones. There's a part of me that now kind of embraces the idea that it'd be easier to take a $10 million hit to trade a player off your roster than to take a $20 million hit to re-up to get a player on your roster and not have the extra year of flexibility. It's been a big change and shift for me, but look, here's the outcomes. Baker Mayfield, his fifth-year option was exercised. It was a bad outcome was traded with dead money, $10.5 million. Sam Darnold, his fifth-year option, was exercised at $18 million. The outcome was bad. He was benched and replaced after one year by Baker Mayfield. Josh Allen, that fifth-year option was exercised. The outcome was good. They gave him a long-term contract extension within three months of exercising the fifth-year option. He never played it down of that fifth-year option year. Josh Rosen, didn't matter. He was cut. It's not great. Lamar Jackson, fifth-year option was exercised, played the whole year on it, now going to be placed on the franchise tag. Potentially get a new term deal, a new long-term deal, we don't know. I'd say the outcome has a better chance of being good based on the Ravens getting the right flexibility but exercising the fifth-year option regardless. There's Kyler Murray. His fifth-year option was exercised. We think this is going to be okay, but we don't know. He was extended long-term three months after the fact. He's a gifted player, but this one's very much up in the air. Now, Daniel Jones' fifth-year option was not exercised. Whether or not it's a good outcome is to be determined by his play with the Giants. Now, if his play ends up being bad, then I think what you probably have is a bad outcome because he will have swindled the Giants for $82 million across two seasons if he's not the same player in 2023 that he was in 2022 or that added year of flexibility would would have done you some good. So as I sit here and I reflect on it, I think there's more good outcomes that can be identified by exercising the fifth-year option. And as the Baker Mayfield on this end of the spectrum illustrates, 
if your worst case scenario is you could still trade a player to a quarterback hungry team that strikes out in the draft, but you're going to have to eat 10 and a half, $11 million in dead cap to get it done. I think there's worse outcomes. So consider this my official flip-flop, but not flip-flop, just flip. I flipped. I'm pro fifth-year contract. I'm pro fifth-year option for the Dolphins, especially, and it comes down to two things. The extra year flexibility and a modest in what is a effectively now a non-existent middle-class quarterback economics in the NFL. You get an extra year of flexibility with a middle-class contract, which does not exist otherwise. Daniel Jones has got $40 million per. And the spending accelerating the cost of what the franchise tag would be. So if you decline the fifth-year option, but then you do need to tag him, the cost is only going to go up from there, so you'd probably be best served exercising the non-exclusive tag instead and opening yourself up to having to barter and fight for your long-term quarterback. Recent history, that CBA was in 2020. So these are the quarterbacks that have been impacted by the newest edition of the collective bargaining agreement. That's what it's looked like. That's what the outcomes have been. And that is why we did today's show, because I'm officially going on the record saying I have flipped to pro fifth-year option for Tua Tungavaloa, no matter what the outcome is next offseason. I'd rather have middle-class economics with a year of flexibility than be caught without it either way. Make sure you keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. 2023 Miami Dolphins offseason blueprint. Lots of great content coming. Plan accordingly. Don't miss it. Fins up.